Hi everyone, wherever you are, I hope you're having a wonderful week so far. We're here with the latest episode of the Inside Crypto Show, interviews and discussions with regular people just like yourselves. And look who we have here again. It's Christian Nair, an engineering and MBA professional focused on building technology products and high-performing teams. His introduction has already been done. I could keep going on about it, but if you do want to learn more about his background and who he is, please go check out the original episode of the Inside Crypto Show. The link should be up in the top right-hand corner of the video you're currently watching. We have lots to talk about today, so we're just going to get right into it. Before I get started, I just want to remind you, anything Chris or myself says does not constitute financial or legal advice. Our opinions are our own and not to be connected uh, with our organization. Please, everyone, do your own research. Today, we have an exciting announcement that you might have already heard about on Twitter or LinkedIn or YouTube, wherever you're watching this, but I'll let Krish talk about it more. Krish, what are we talking about today? Firstly, Korean, thank you for having me. I'm always excited to be a part of this uh, podcast adventures. Today, we are here to talk about our new product line, 21 Core Tokens. Tell us more about it. Like people would have heard of tokens and what they mean and 21 Co as well is a relatively new brand. What's going on with the 21 Co tokens? Yeah. So I think, look, our vision and mission has been very simple. We want to bridge access between TradFi and DeFi. And what 21 Co Tokens product line is going to do is exactly that, which is ensure that we are uh, providing DeFi users or institutional folks or institutional clients to enable them to get access to DeFi products. That's really what we're focused on. And what we are announcing today in terms of launching is we are going to have our own 21 core wrap tokens, which helps solve a big problem in the DeFi use case, which is interoperability. Okay. So you hit on the keyword wrapped there. Most crypto people, even new people would be like, okay, wrapped Bitcoin. Yes. Wrapped Ethereum. Yes. Maybe staked Ethereum, like in terms of Lido, they might understand it, but maybe you want to talk a little bit about what wrapped tokens are. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just taking a step back, if you look at it, we have different blockchains, right? Ethereum is its own blockchain. You have Solana running its own blockchain. We've had the same problem in various different industries. Imagine train gauges, right? Back in the days when you were building trains, there was a normal gauge, there was a, a standard gauge, there was a narrow gauge. And folks were building a lot of different train gauges in different trail tracks in different areas. And at some point they had to connect. That's really what interoperability is. So we have the same problem where we have different blockchains um, that are working on their own protocols and so forth. But there is a lot of use cases that needs to come across between them. And that's where interoperability matters. And wrap tokens is a way of helping solve or bridge that use case. So assume I'm, let's say, user A, I have certain, I want exposure to something in Ethereum blockchain. B, I do want to transfer it over into a different blockchain altogether. That's really where wrapped assets can help. And there are various ways of doing it and we can go into details around it. But we at 21Co, we've decided to go to in a very safe and institutional, secure way of enabling that product to our users. Nice. And that sounds exciting. Since I've been in crypto, anything wrapped has had a bit of a history. But before we get into that, Krish, I mentioned wrapped Bitcoin before. Are we doing something similar in the way wrapped Bitcoin exists structurally? Are we doing something different what does the structure of terminal and code tokens look like? Yeah, in terms of what we are offering, what we are doing is we are uh, taking the underlying, we are custodying it in our safe and secure methods that we have been doing for our main side of the business for a long time. We're bringing the same standards and procedures into the DeFi space. And then we are rolling out these particular tokens 
uh, not just for BTC in the EVM network, but also for Solana and eight different other uh, providers. And that's just to start off with, we can continue doing it and providing for as many interoperable protocols that we need to in this particular space. That is awesome. You mentioned eight Solana as well. Solana is, is of course, non-EVM, so that's a technological feat in itself. I'm wondering if you could highlight some of the use cases for this technology, what comes to mind when people think about, oh, wrap tokens. Okay, this sounds interesting, but what is it? what can it be used for? Yeah, absolutely. So I think what we are aiming for is helping index enablers or index protocols or helping folks who want to get exposure to interoperable ways. Now, there are a lot of proprietary existing solutions where you can do uh, lock and hold. There are many protocols that focus on this, where you either do a mint and burn or a lock and hold type of approach, where you uh, lock up your asset in one protocol, get something as a substitute in the different protocol and be able to use it. What we are trying to do is solve a very simple problem. Because there is a lot of different protocols that exist, there is a lot of different interoperability issues that exist. We wanted to make sure that there is a safe way of how do our users, going back to the index providers or the index enablers, how can they use these wrap tokens in creating something more powerful for the DeFi users or for the DeFi holders to get exposure across all of these uh, protocols. So that's really where we're helping. We're really looking at it of how do we ensure that we can provide something that is secure and how can we ensure that we provide something that is also efficient uh, from a liquidity standpoint such that if someone wants to hold Solana in their EVM wallet, then we make that available and that's easily available. So rather than you trying to go and purchase each of these things using different wallets, using MetaMask for Ethereum, using something like Phantom for Solana, using Hero for Stacks, blockchain Stacks, you're able to do all of this within one wallet. That is interesting because I dislike multiple wallets to be honest and it sucks so much and you have to remember uh, all the keys <laughs> That's yes what oh, that is a gigantic pain as well so with all of this right solana and and other non-evm change and you mentioned hero as well are we using bridges to get all of this done and if we are using bridges can you talk about the structure of the bridge and how it works and how we're actually being safer in a sense if we yeah are? absolutely so we're taking a little different approach. A lot of the folks who have been innovating in the space either go ahead with the, they're doing either a lock and mint approach, a burn and mint approach, or even an atomic swap, which is a little more complex. Uh, I won't cover that. I'll, I'll use it for the next sessions to talk a little more about it. We are looking at it in a very different approach. What we've realized is a lot of these interoperable protocols have had a lot of hacks over the years. Chain analysis came up with a report that in 2022, there was almost 3.8 billion stolen from crypto businesses and 52% of it came from cross-chain bridges. And that's a big problem because you have a lot of assets being stolen from a lot of bad actors in the space. What we are trying to do is we are trying to take a middle ground approach where we are custodying this in cold storage. We are basically ensuring that we are following proper secure processes, be it all the way from key management, multi-signature wallets and so forth and then issue these underlying wrapped asset tokens that can be used by all of our advanced DeFi holders where they can come up with more complex mechanisms of how they want to get exposure to these different protocols, but in a more secure way and in a more simpler, efficient way. That sounds awesome. We've talked to cross-chain liquidity protocols over the last year or so, and, and that seems to have been a thing, right? I remember, yes, we are a cross-chain DEX, so we're a cross-chain liquidity protocol. You can swap from... Avalanche to 
phantom or something like that. And are we elevating this or are we doing something similar? Are we competing with all these other organizations or are we just on that institutional track sort of partner with other index providers to say, hey, we can help you with this and create some interesting products? So I, I think that's a great question. There's a lot of means to an end. What we are doing is we are providing a way for uh, different type of users who want a more secure way and not be a part of these hacks to do it in a more simpler way. So that's really where, what our focus is. At the end of the day, our belief is simple. We want to continue growing the DeFi ecosystem. And to do that, we want to continue providing secure, institutional, safe ways such that the users feel comfortable about it and be able to onboard into this. Yes, there is going to be different technology competitions across it. We are choosing a much more uh, simpler, efficient way that we are accustomed to, that we have been successful in our different line of business. Nice. So this has been like a, an effort, right? And if people remember your previous podcast, right, when you're talking about product management and you hinted at there's some interesting things coming along. And finally, this is one of those cool, interesting things that you hinted at the original podcast, right? And in the process of development and Despite all of the stress Krish has endured, he still has more black hair than I do, which is not fair. Krish, what were the challenges that you've had to deal with over the last few months? Yeah, I, th I think it's been interesting that just as an, on a macro level, the industry has been less volatile than what it was when I joined a year ago. So at least there has been some form of stability. A lot of the implosion that took place last year, there is still a lot of effects that we are uh, looking into in the start of the year. I think in terms of uh, challenges, we have been a little lucky. We have had good skill set within the organization. We have had good partners to work with. We've had a fantastic research team who actually puts a lot of uh, information out that we could use in terms of macro research that we can encompass into product strategy. Our current 21 core app tokens is just a start of what we want to offer in terms of our DeFi products. So we thought let's use again the best use case of where we have been doing it successfully in our business line, make it available in DeFi way and then expand a lot more on that. So this is just the beginning of uh, where we're trying to go. That just gives me shivers because I can imagine the possibilities of wrap tokens and what's going to happen in the future. But I'll let you fill that in on Krish's episode three of the podcast at some point in the future. Okay, you've talked about bridging and we've talked about some of the challenges, right? And I was wondering if you could fill our listeners in, and, and there's a wide spectrum of them. What are some advancements that have happened in bridging technology that we are using? And how is that filling a gap in the industry? Yeah. So let's talk again at a macro level of what is happening. And then we can talk a little about how we are trying to help this current problem. So there's a lot of fantastic work taking place, especially from an interchain token standard standpoint. There is Axelar's interchain token service or layers. You're also doing an omni-chain approach, which the main goal is very simple. It's to have a fungible token that is compostable on any type of dApp that takes place. Now, there are various works happening both if you really look at the interoperable stack, there is a base protocol chain, then there is a transport layer, there is verification layer and execution layer. And each three of this have a lot of innovation that is taking place. If you go into detail, like in terms of like transport layer, there is a lot of work that has been ongoing for some time where Wormhole and Polygon POS Bridge have been doing a lock and mint approach. We are seeing Circle, CCTP, which is doing a more uh, burn and mint approach. We're taking a very similar approach. I'll get into details around it. And then you have the connects of the worlds who are doing atomic swap, which is really swapping out the assets on the source chain and then having the assets available in the destination chain with another party. There is also some lot of work happening in the verification layer across it, which is ensuring that all of this is validated 
not just within the uh, network, but through an external validator as well. Uh, so our approach of what we did is we are looking at a more mint and burn approach, but within a closed ecosystem. So we are ensuring that we are using our cold storages custodian, having the underlines there. And with a set of manual and automatic operational process, we are ensuring that we are giving a one is to one token that is available, which is the wrap token that can be then incorporated into all of these uh, different use cases, such as building the index. So that's really where we are focusing on as the industry as a whole continues to um, grow and start solving the problem. We may start looking at how do we come out of this cold storage method. But right now, just looking at where things are, I think we feel a little comfortable that this is the right start for us to get into the market and we will continue monitoring and innovate as and when the time comes. Nice. That sounds good. And I think you've mentioned cold storage and some of the security features of this product. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that, Krish, like what perhaps what does cold storage mean for some people and how are these products more secure than other ways? So I, I, I want to do it in a way where I don't give the secret sauce. <laughs> it's not really secret sauce, but the reality is if you look at a cold storage is basically you are having it available in a wallet, which is not connected at all. So that drastically reduces the probability of any hacks. It's when usually when you're connected to a network or if you're connected to a device, that means there is the existence of that wallet. And so that opens it up for a lot more malicious activity. Whereas in a cold storage, you're literally keeping it in a cold storage. Pun intended, but you're keeping it in the dark, right? Where it's very few folks have access to that. And that's what we have been doing for some time in our 21 shares business. And so we want to use similar kind of operational activities and so forth. Then we're doing a lot of stuff around ensuring that at the end, any operational activity is not just automated, but there is also like a four-eye check process. So we are bringing in some uh, manual intervention as well. It may not be looked upon as the most efficient way, unfortunately, because you have smart contracts and the whole point of smart contracts is to ensure that there is automation. But we made a very conscious decision to approach this because we wanted this to be more than anything secure than trying to be the most efficient. We do want to get to most efficient, don't get me wrong, but we want to start off with security first. So these are certain things that we're following. And then there is a whole set of standards and procedures that our team, our ops team, our security team have been looking at to ensure we're following the best practices to keep this whole process, including the transfer of custody and so forth, as safe as possible. That's wonderful. And honestly, like anybody encrypted at any level, you wouldn't go a month without seeing some sort of security issue. So I think no one could argue with you and say, hey, security should be the first step in whatever we're doing. And, and it, it has to, because yeah. even if you look at it on a monthly basis, we still see there's somewhere something exploited and so forth. And that's the challenge. Plus, that's also the opportunity in a way. Again, a lot of folks doing a lot of innovative work around there. We support the use cases. We want that to happen, but we decided to take a little more different approach to a more safer way of making this available. Awesome. Krish, everyone knows now we have three YouTube channels. We've got 21Co, we've got the Inside Crypto, we've got 21Shares as well. And people are becoming more aware of these brands and how they differentiate themselves. And I was wondering, like with wrapped tokens and with, especially with what 21Shares does with ETPs, right? What is the role of wrapped tokens and how are they going to maybe connect 21 shares and 21 code together if there is such a connection? Yeah, there is. So the connection is actually bought through by Onyx, which is our uh, proprietary operating system. So Onyx is really what is trying to bridge TradFi and DeFi 
RAP tokens is an end product or a mechanism that comes through Onyx. So a lot of the creation redemptions at scale is supported by Onyx because today we already use Onyx for our TradFi side of the business, which is the 21 shares of the business. That's really where we are evolving our Onyx to move towards, which is ensuring that it bridges the gap of best use cases of taking TradFi and making it access both from a technology standpoint and from an asset class standpoint available for Onyx to be applied into it. So RAP tokens is a great example of where you're taking the underlying custody and then pushing it out through our mechanisms into the DeFi space through Onyx. But that's not it. I think what this enables us is we then get into where we can start tokenizing a lot more other stuff that I'll share at some point. Fantastic. And definitely for any of you who are interested, we just launched the new 21 core site. Chris was overseeing that in a big way and it was very complicated. Thankfully, it got done. There's a really cool section there for Onyx, which has some cool graphics and explainers. So if you're interested, go there, have a look. You can always email me a question or so, or even I can pass it on to Krish. But Krish, before we end off today's show, you've talked a lot. You've talked about the rep tokens. You've talked about Onyx. You've talked about security. You've talked about some of the advancements in bridging technology, which is, of course, always a hot button issue in crypto. Is there anything else you want to say about the rep tokens or bridging or anything else you'd like to end off today's podcast on? No, I, I as, again, our vision is very clear. We want the industry to succeed and our goal is to provide products that help propel and enable that. But we do that in a safe, secure, and institutional best practice method. So that's really that we're trying to go. Wrap Tokens opens up that opportunity where um, we are partnering with a lot of index providers and enablers to be able to do that. But in the long run, our goal will be, while we monitor a lot of the innovation taking places, how do we push out more better DeFi products out there that help these sophisticated DeFi users to do more advanced algorithms that are needed for their day-to-day. Nice. And that is a good way to end up today's podcast. Krish, thank you so much again for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, he had back-to-back meetings and he still came and brought it for today's podcast. So I'm always happy as someone who has to edit these things out. I know you guys love Krish. Don't forget, you can follow him on LinkedIn, right? He's there all the time. I see him as well. And stay tuned. If you have any questions, leave them in the podcast show notes or in the YouTube comments, and we can get to them for another episode in the future. Krish, thanks again. And we'll talk to you at some point again in the future. Thank you again, Kriyan. No problem.